shade. Yeah, we just sat under there, and uh, I made us grilled cheese sandwiches. And oh, that's wonderful. We It was great, and we sat in our rockers and had lunch and read for an hour or two. It was just wonderful. It was wonderful. Oh, that's lovely. It was a good spring day today. We, we celebrated spring in a big way today. It was terrific. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who else celebrates spring? Who's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. Alongside me, as always, is Phil. And today we got a brand new series. We're celebrating the start of spring. Actually, it's like a few weeks into spring by the time you're hearing this. Scratch that. Uh, we're celebrating spring, though, with uh, with a book, a new series, Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. Okay. Uh, your copy's in really nice condition. I got a really nice uh, it, copy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't think you anyone get it from, has... You get it from thrift books? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't think I don't think this has been cracked. Like this is not. Yeah, like, that was just found on a touched. shelf after you know thirty years, literally. Yeah, yeah I was this pretty much. Yeah. When did this book come out? Nineteen ninety. What's that? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Okay, it's. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Very good year. It's just set in ni- in ninety-three. Yes. Yes. A little bit before that. Yeah. Uh, when did the game come out? Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, so Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Father. It's, um, it's, uh, it was written by Gene Jensen, and it is based on a series, the Gabriel Knight series, that was from Sierra Online. Yeah, it came out in 1993. It yes. is a point-and-click adventure game and it was a cd-rom point-and-click adventure game so it had mm-hmm. actual full vocal lines and tracks uh in fact um tim curry and mark hamill were in the game it's a so, hell of a cast and leah remeni remeni uh, michael dorn and like it's michael a dorn it's a, that is a yeah. That is a beefy cast. So, really yeah, is. third person point and click adventure. Um, you know, if you if you had played any of the games of that era, you you know what you're in for. Uh, Sierra's interface was a little bit different than the Lucas interface. I know, but yeah. by 1993, actually, I want to say LucasArts had even moved away from the verbs being on the screen. Oh yeah, I. I think I want to say it was think. a it was just a cursor with like four, with like Sam and Max hit the road. I want to say mm-hmm. it was just like instead of verbs being on the screen, it was just like you had you had a, the cursor itself could you could just right click yeah. the cursor into being like look or touch or taste or, or whatever. Taste, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the general senses, yeah. The yeah. general senses. Um, yeah, so uh, that was, and there was just a little box in the corner for, for your inventory. Um, this had a lot more, uh, this interface had a lot more going on uh, with it. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's that's Gabriel Knight since the father. I mean, as far as I know from what I've read of the book so far, it, the, bo- the plot of the book is the plot of the game. So we really yeah. don't need to differ- differentiate right now. But Phil, if you can tell us a little bit about Jane Jensen, the Absolutely. author. 
Yeah, Jane Jensen, uh, as you uh, as you uh, just pointed out, is is uh, she is a game writer. She worked with uh, Sierra Online for a while. She wrote for Police Quest Three. Uh, she wrote for EcoQuest, and she actually co-designed King's Quest VI, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow, which is uh, appropriate because that one stars the uh, son of Graham, who was in the King's Quest book we most recently finished. And for the record, I didn't think about the fact that I was putting two Sierra Online game books so close together. It only <laughs> occurred to me as I was reading this. I was like, oh, we just did this. We just uh, did a Sierra Online game book yeah. novelization. <laughs> yeah. So she, she wrote, she created Gabriel Knight. Like she created the character. She, this was her first like solo, this is my baby kind of thing. And she made Gabriel Knight, uh, Sins of the Fathers, uh, The Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight mystery, which from what I've seen is more of an interactive movie. And Gabriel Knight 3, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. And they Ooh, are- Oh, that's two um, bloods for the price of one. Two two different bloods. It's it, it, She is nothing if not frugal. Uh, and it's pretty terrific. And uh, the sequels were FMV games, and uh, or one of them was. Oh my um, God, I just clicked on The Beast Within. I've seen that cover art before. Oh, I've, I bet you have, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. Gabriel Knight, uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are uh, joining us, not just because our audience tends to skew a little younger than we do, but a lot of people are going, Gabriel Knight, what the fuck is Gabriel Knight? And that's because it is kind of this critical darling. Um, it's very well loved amongst uh, the really hard adventure people and, and the critics, and they all loved it, even though the game itself, I don't think they did particularly well compared to, any, uh, to other Sierra Online games anyway. Um, and uh, so in 1993, the first Gabriel Knight came out, and in 1997, she wrote this novelization, or she published it anyway. And uh, as we are going to find out, uh, she... I, now, I played the first Gabriel Knight, and that, but that was years ago. But just reading through this, uh, Kevin uh, pointed out to me when we were uh, offline here that uh, it feels like a walkthrough of <laughs> the game. And it is. Uh, yeah. And uh, my, my guess is that they were thinking, well, it's four years later. No one's going to care if we spoil certain aspects. But it feels, and we're going to get into it, but this is very clearly, I think I, I, I think this is her first book, like her yeah. first book book. Right. And this is clearly her, uh, like, getting her footing with that stuff and using, falling back on this outline, the story she'd already written. Um, she did get better, though. I mean, uh, her fourth book uh, was a book called Dante's Equation, which came out in 2003 and actually was nominated for a Philip K. Dick Award. So she definitely found her footing uh, over time. But since then, she has mostly been dedicated to games. She uh, she uh, wrote for, uh, you know, a lot of casual games, casual stuff. She worked for Zynga. Uh, she did some adventure game stuff, uh, Grey Matter, uh, she was a story consultant for this game called Cognition, an Erica Reed thriller. So she, you can see, she's kind of, she's got a type. She's got, <laughs> she's got a game type. She's yeah. For these kind of uh, mystery sort of games, and Gabriel Knight: Sins of the Fathers got a 20th anniversary edition that I believe they released on a Kickstarter, and it got fully 
the game got fully revoiced and reworked for a lot of different things to the point where, very disappointingly, if you're playing Gabriel Knight on Steam, for example, you're not playing, uh, you're not going to get to hear Tim Curry uh, and you're not going to get to, you're not going to hear the original cast. Uh, oh, the only av- it's a version available shame. is the the remake cast pretty much it's it's a real shame especially because now don't get me wrong tim curry is the king of ham and he has turned in some sketch ass performances uh in the past but the guy who plays gabriel knight in the remake it's like this drawly new orleans cartoon character uh and and it's hard it's very hard to listen to (laughs) that's that's yeah so uh, because i was just looking into that a little bit as you were talking there's a because uh, Jane Jensen founded a studio called Pinkerton Road Studio much later on um, yeah. and uh, based in Mountjoy, um, Pennsylvania. And yes, she is, uh, she is from your side of Pennsylvania. Yes, indeed. And uh, so they created a game called Mobius Empire Rising, mm. um, which there's not a whole lot. It's a graphic adventure and the remake of... Um, uh, the, and the remake of Sins of the Father. Um, oh, yeah. interesting. Um, oh, okay, sorry. I, I, never mind. I saw Gray Matter, and I thought Gray Matter. Gray Matter is also was a studio that uh, that made first person shooters. Uh, Gray. In this instance, it was just referring to a game called Gray Matter that Gene Jensen yes. made. <laughs> yes, that's, that's that's different. That's different. Oh, and 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 uh, and another uh, a little point that's fun. Uh, you also pointed out, Kevin, that this this cover is just a clusterfuck. It is it is awful. It is, um, there's a lot going on in here. We don't know. We've got we've got two different art styles, and and this is from the FMV sequel game. Right. This is what I when I looked at it. So here's the thing. I know nothing about Gabriel Knight. Um, going into this, right? So when I picked yeah. it up and I saw a CD-ROM game and I saw this picture, I assumed yeah. that the first one was an FMV game, but it's not. It was not. It's a standard point and click. And honestly, all of them probably should have been because I just looked at the screenshots of the FMV ones and they look atrocious. It's it's like phantasmagoria levels of like, yeah. And and the third one was 3D. So all three of them have a completely <laughs> different format. And the only one that's aged well is the first one. If you look at the uh, string caps of Sins of the Fathers, it's pretty good. Like it's good artwork. Uh, it's good right. classic. 2D adventure Sierra style artwork. The sound design's pretty great too. It's got those classic kind of MIDI, like uh, just kind of muddy sounding sure. uh, textures and stuff. It's it's it, it it hit all hits all of the little synapses in my brain. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's it's a it's a it's a tough game to come back to. I tried playing a little bit more of it just to get back into that zone, and it is uh, man. These games talked a lot and yeah yeah it's it's and it's and and it isn't just a gabriel knight problem um and it's not even these games problem it's a me problem because i have moved on from the era of games that were basically interactive books and now i play games that have like a five second cutscene, and i get back on with fighting zombies right and uh and so my my attention span shot to shit I, I hear you. I, I remember a few years ago, you and I uh, were working on a project, and we uh, 
we played one of those, uh, it was like an adaptation of an HP Lovecraft uh, game. Do you remember which one that was? Uh, it was it was for the- Oh, oh, uh, yeah. It was it was one of the old, it was, hold on. I know which one it was. Um, but yeah, that, that game- was a classic. That game talked at me so much and I didn't want it to. I wanted it to stop talking so much, oh, but it kept talking. It Shadow of the Comet. Shadow, Shadow of the, of the Comet. Comet. That's what we Please played. Please stop talking which is to me, like game. A classic. <laughs> uh, it was developed by Chaosium, who still has, or Chaosium, I don't know how you say it, uh, who still has the rights to making Call of Cthulhu and all that shit. Um, it's, it's, it's like supposed to be like the gold standard for like HP Lovecraft sure. adaptations and oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> I mean <laughs> it was, it was that was too. fine but you know um, it was right. but it was right. but yeah so that's kind of where we're at to to start it so let's uh let's put the body in the mosh when i tell you to dump a body in the mosh you dump them in the mosh and hey, it's there's a lot. There's plenty of marshy lands around there is where so this book, much marsh. <laughs> book is set because we're going down to New Orleans. Oh um, yes, it's it's hot and it's sweaty, and everybody's down there uh, <laughs> is is hot and sweaty and hot. Uh, two different and hot, two different hots there. Um, yes. So we're starting off with chapter one. We're only covering three chapters, but they're big, big beefy boy chapters. Beefy boy chapters. No, they're they're. These are chapters that sit on the porch and they they they're just looking for the mint juleps and <laughs> <laughs> they got an oversized handkerchief with which to swab their fat folds and just just to just to dab their foreheads. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. Um it's it's, it's so chapter one, we're scene one. I just I decided to like break my notes out into scenes because That's smart. God, there's so many. Uh, we start out in Gabriel's bedroom, and the book starts off right. If it wanted to get me on its side, it shouldn't have started with a dream sequence, but it did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it did, yeah. and I was uh, I was not happy about it. So basically, Gabriel's having a dream about some sort of a ritual, and there's a woman there, and she's hot, and then she turns into a leopard, um, and there's also a man in black there. There's lots of symbols and stuff that'll probably reappear later or not. I don't know. But then yeah. Gabriel sees an image of his own death by hanging. And then there's a lightning bolt that would make the the men of Con Edison happy, which is a weird reference for Gabriel Knight to be making because he's from New Orleans and Con Edison is the power company that runs New York City. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was all about because I don't think she ever lived in New York City. Like... I don't know where that comes it's from. It's just because, like, I was like, what's a power company that everyone will know? We're like, Con Edison? Con maybe. Ed I guess. Maybe she was watching, uh, maybe she was watching Ghostbusters. Maybe she's Con watching Edison Ghostbusters was, too, yeah. where they're, or actually Con Edison does appear in both Ghostbusters. Uh, right. They pose as Con Edison guys in the Ghostbusters 2 when they're drilling into the street. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. And so... <laughs> I think this came from the sky. Uh, <laughs> oh man, we are already referencing other material. We're off. We are. We're off and writing. This is, oh boy. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. Uh, 
So he wakes up and he's, uh, we're at St. George's Books, which is, I guess, that's where he lives too, right? That's his house as yeah. well. Yeah, he lives Not above it or clear. something I like think that. he lives above it or behind it or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he's there and he's grumpy. Uh, he owns the bookstore from what we can gather and it's around 10 a.m. And we're introduced to Grace Nakamura, um, the bookstore manager who is on the phone speaking with what seems to be a former one night stand of Gabriel's named Bunny. Um, we got a lot of descriptions of Grace. Pretty much the book says she's hot, but doesn't know it. Um, oh God. Yeah. All but that it's, <laughs> Oh boy. And this is, let's, let's Jane Jensen woman is the author. Yeah. Yeah. Managed to write one of the most misogynistic characters. It's point of view characters I've, I've read in a while, which yeah. maybe maybe that I mean she is a woman, so she probably understands the misogyny better on a like a on a certain level more. Doesn't make it any more fun to read for your character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's really heavy handed in some scenes. It is. It is like it's it's it is such a difficult thing to make. We all we all have the the charming rake character uh, sure. that we adore. Your you know your Doc Holidays, your Gambits, your you know all these. I'll these be kind a of Huckleberry. Exactly, and and they're anti heroes in a way, but they're so damn charming and they mean well. And that is a tough tightrope to walk. And I never played any of the other games, but based on this first impression, I, I, it, 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 the first time around didn't work out. That's yeah. just a fact. He's not. He's not. He's not. Uh, the the the. Yeah. Right. He's not the Doc Holiday or the Gambit. The the fun Southern charm misogynist. Uh, right. <laughs> which, I mean. I mean, it's still bad, but it's, it's yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a charm. It, there's an intent of charm there and there's nothing here with this when, guy. When someone tells you they like that character, you go, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not so much with this. <laughs> it confounds me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to quote another New Orleans uh, detective. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> See now that. Now that let's take let's 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 turn sins of the father into a knives out uh, mystery and, into a Benoit Blanc mystery and we'll oh baby <laughs> I'm in <laughs> and you and you replace the 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 hot piece of ass who works for him rolling her eyes at him uh, with uh, Hugh Grant and yeah with uh, Hugh Grant just and I'm in I'm baking in. a cake or something right right oh fuck I'm in I'm so in I'm in. All right, let's let's put on your fez this. and sit in the bath. <laughs> so Grace has been doing research for Gabriel. By the way, this happens a lot, and you start to wonder what Gabriel actually does because it seems like it, <laughs> it seems like Grace magically does all his work for him in between days. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and she mentions, so, by the way, that she hasn't she hasn't been paid in like a month. She hasn't been paid in a month. She's a New Yorker um, who, and maybe that's where he got the Con Edison reference from, who is, maybe. He, he talks, he refers to her as an Easterner, which is weird. <laughs> it's not, that's not, that's not a, that's not a, 
North, we're going to be going for a while with this book because there's so many weird yeah. goddamn <laughs> things about the way it's written. Easterner, okay. Northeasterner would be like a specific, like you can paint an image with Northeasterner, right? With, right. you get it like a, a guy from Philly, a New York, Boston, you know, the go, 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 like let's let's take care of business attitude. If you, Absolutely. If you said Grace was from the Northeast, you're like, Got it. And we're like an Easterner. Cool. We're like, cool. Okay. Easterner. You're like, all right. So anywhere from Florida to Maine, F- Florida to Maine. Exactly. <laughs> like that's, I, I have a theory on this one. I think because as, as you know, this is written by a Pennsylvania Yankee. And I think she wanted to say Yankee. I think she wanted to call me and somebody somebody said, went, no, Oh, that's a little, uh, can we, can we come up with something? else for him to call them like uh well we can call him a northerner uh, like so how about easterner like because that's because you know we don't want to make allusions to the civil war (laughs) you know right it's like i mean yes yes louisiana is farther afield from the east but uh, I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, could, we we have to choose our battles with this one, or this is going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> We're on like page seven. Um, yeah, only this is not a short book, by the way. Only a hundred forty-seven more to go. Um, so uh, Grace has been doing research for him on the voodoo murders, uh, which are a thing that's been happening around town, and gives him two locations check to check out that reference voodoo that there's only two locations in New Orleans fucking baffled me for like 20 pages. But anyway, she mentions, also mentions that a man named Wolfgang Ritter has been calling and is claiming that he is a relative. Uh, Grace also mentions that Detective Mosley called and has some photos for him to look at. So that's his to-do list for the day. By the way, he's a writer. Yeah. Gabriel Knight is not a cop. He's a writer. Uh, he's a writer, and a, and not a very good one apparently. Like he's or not a successful in any way. He calls um, himself a bad writer, and he's also unsuccessful. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does make a point of saying that. So we have a little scene uh, change right over to the police station. Uh, Gabriel goes to the police station, top of his duty list, and he has a brief war words with Officer Frick. Mosley isn't there because there was another murder. And in the envelope that Mosley left him is a photo of one of the voodoo murder crime scenes and yes. also a picture of Mosley as a kid for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Not explained. Uh, not explained. <laughs> not explained. Uh, we move along uh, to Jackson Square. He's in Jackson Square. Uh, Gabriel goes to Jackson Square to figure out his next move. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and he describes all of it. There's a brass band playing some music. There's people. Um, there's a cop nearby on a motorbike, and Gabriel can overhear overhear radio chatter uh, on the cop's radio about the location of the murder, um, but he can't quite make it out. And the cop is very protective of his radio, as he would be. Um, so Gabriel... Sure. Uh, does the point-and-click adventure solving puzzle hat on, he sees a mime. And what does he do? He's like, well, what if I, what if I act silly? 
and that'll get the mime's attention. So he starts like marching around all macho in Jackson Square, and the mime starts go walking around after him and marching around. So he walks back and around Jackson Square, and he walks too close to the cop with the mime, and the cop's like trying to get the mime to get back up because he doesn't like the mime. And while he's dealing with the mime, Gabriel Knight gets to the bike, calls dispatch for a new lo- for the location of the murder, and they give it to him. And then the cop's like, "Hey, stop touching that!" And Gabriel Knight's like, whoop, 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 whoop. "You know, he's yeah. two birds away." <laughs> It is the most adventure game. This is where it starts, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it begins. This is our first instance of a like, okay, you just narrated an adventure game sequence because it's complete with moon logic of like, where did you come up with that fucking idea? And, and, and it ends in much the like you can see it playing in your head. It's so clear. Um, it is, it's, it's a great slash standard bit of, uh, adventure gamery, but it, it is a weird thing to put in your novel. Uh, yeah. it's truly strange because it, it requires people to act like human beings do not act. Uh, it's really weird. Requires a lot of that. Yeah. So Gabriel goes mm-hmm. to Lake Pontchartrain. Am I saying that right? Lake Pontchartrain. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I have um, no idea. I'm assuming that's. I'm assuming that's right. Um, any any people from New Orleans, uh, feel free to correct me. Um, so Knight <laughs> arrives, Gabriel Knight arrives, and he startles Mosley. Uh, and he's like, hey, can I see the body? And Mosley's like, ah, Gabriel, fine, I'll show you the body. Um, yeah, and, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, fine, and, whatever. And it's definitely the same, uh, same MO as the other voodoo murders. Um, and just to point out at this point, at point, it's like there's several characters who have said, like, it's not real voodoo. Yes, they are Des- very quick to point that out. Yeah. Despite what the media, the newspapers are calling it, uh, any other characters like, but it's not real voodoo. Um, right. So they are interrupted by Malia Getty, uh, her limo. Um, and she, she lives nearby. They, she's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And uh, they're like, "Hey, it's a murder." And then uh, Gabriel Knight sees her, and you know that scene from uh, Wayne's Worlds when Wayne sees Tia Carrere's yeah. character for the first time. <laughs> Who dream weaver? She's a babe. Swing. That's exactly what, yo, no, you couldn't have put it better, my friend. That is exactly what happens. It is so weird. And that's the only motivation for every, every, every step that I am going to say that Gabriel takes regarding this character for the next, for this episode and probably the rest of the book, I'm assuming it's yeah. just based yeah, on probably. him seeing her once in the yeah. back of a limousine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and why don't you just uh, go talk know, to her? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, and the narrative that surrounds it, 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 it skips the whole, uh, for swear at sight. I never saw true beauty for this night. Like he just, it's just straight up like, fuck. Like, <laughs> oh God. 
So, uh, yeah, after the cops leave, uh, Gabriel hangs around the crime scene a little bit more. Uh, and he's uh, he takes out his magnifying glass that he carries with him. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this and, comes uh, up several times. He has his magnifying glass, and it's it's a thing that he uses. And he finds <laughs> a and listen, he's not an investigator of any any shape or form. Prior to this, he's never done this. He's never investigated a, a day in his life. He's here to research a book. That's he's, his whole thing. He's researching a book. Anyway, he finds a scale nearby, but he's not sure if it's a fish or a snake scale. Let's table that. He also notices a pattern that looked like it had been smudged away around the area that the body was lay, was laying. Oh, well, moving on. He goes to his grandmother's <laughs> house. He goes yeah. to his grandmother's house and because uh, he needs to help her clear out her attic. Uh, we get some background on the Knight family curse, like his parents died, his grandfather died young, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and while sorting through the stuff, Gabriel finds a book of poetry by someone named Heinz Ritter, and he takes it. Oh. oh. Anybody, the... anybody take German one? Uh yeah. Able to put that last night name together? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. He also sees hmm. some of his father's artwork and he's like, oh, damn, my dad was a good artist. Um, so back at St. George's bookshop, he, uh, Gabe asks Grace for any information she can find on Malia Getty because clearly Grace is the only one who knows how to look in a phone book. Yes. She... <laughs> This is Gabriel Knight is incompetent on a level that is like, first off, why are they letting him around crime scenes anyway? Why? Second off, if, if there was a civilian you were going to let around crime scenes, it would not be this guy for yeah. so many reasons. So many reasons. <laughs> Beyond the he fact that just... he tried to fuck the corpse at this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> chapter two. That was yeah. the shortest <laughs> chapter. Um, that yes, we just yes, covered. It was. Yes, it was. <laughs> so we're back at St. George's bookshop. We never left. Gabe has the same dream again. I'm just going to call him Gabe from now on. That's just because cool. I yeah. feel like he would hate it. Um, he probably would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grace gives Gabe the uh, info on Malia Getty and tells him that she's rich and probably not someone that he should like interact with ever. Grace warns him. She's like, don't, don't try it. And he's like, I'm going to try it. And what does he do? <laughs> he, he drives straight over to his, to her house and yeah. he just goes to her house and he knocks on the door and the butler is like, no, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he's, and he's, and he's like written as such a dick about it. And that's like, no, he's doing a good job. He's keeping this he's strange random person out of his a strange random person house. who, who knocked on the door of his boss's house. He's, you know, anyway, um, Gabriel goes <laughs> to the police station to talk to Mosley. Um, and we find out that the reason why Mosley is helping Gabe is that he's promised to write the voodoo murders book with Mosley as the main character in exchange for information. I swear um, to God. Swear to God. <laughs> well, and we like it, it gets it gets funnier later as to uh, with that. 
Uh, Mosley's theory is that the murders have something to do with the mafia and that the fake voodoo at the scene is a red herring, which feels like I feel to me, it feels like if the, if this is not that um, I'm disappointed because I feel like it should be, I feel like it should be like this huge buildup to something supernatural. And then we find out that the detective who does his fucking job, (laughs) it was actually right. And be like, no, it was just these, these mafia hits. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. I I think in a just and sane world, that's where this would go. Uh, right. It would be. But instead, we live in that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer uh, drives the one guy who's competent at his yeah. job completely insane. Right. Uh, Frank Grimes. <laughs> Grimey Grimes. Yes. Frank Grimey Grimes. That's that's the world we're living in with that's Gabriel, Gabriel Grimes. Gabriel yeah, is Homer and everybody else is Frank Grimes. That's pretty much it. Yeah, everyone just trying to do their best and somehow he just, he gets to... Uh. So Gabe uh, then asks Mosley about the patterns around the, the, the crime scene that he noticed earlier. Uh, can I see some photos? Mosley's like, I don't know if it's a pattern, but you can look at the other photos. Uh, and go talk to Officer Franks, who is also hot. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's important to remember. Important to remember uh, to take yes. a look at them. Um, so he tries to photocopy the pictures, but Franks stops him. Um, so he point and click at his adventures his way to the photocopier um, uh, uh, by noticing that Franks has a camera, convincing Mosley to take author and subject photos for the book. And then stepping out while he and Franks get set up for the photo and photocopying the crime scene fo- photos. Yes. I got to take a drink this after, is, after that. That's- yeah. This is just more of like, it's kind of funny because when you're playing an adventure game and you're doing this shit. You would feel proud of yourself. Of like, oh, well, this for is like a silly fi- adventure. Yeah. Right. You'd feel proud of yeah. yourself and for like figuring it out. Reading- yeah, but when you're reading it in a novel, you're like, this isn't good. This is not okay. <laughs> Everything about yeah. this is really weird and fucked. Right. <laughs> it's all fucked up. Um, so, uh, let's see. Next, he goes to the Historical Museum of Voodoo. And uh, so Gabe visits the museum, and he just kind of white boys his way through an interaction with Dr. John, who is the museum's curator. Oh, he sure does. The entire scene is uncomfortable, which I assume is the point. But yeah, Dr. John yeah. tells him a lot about the history of voodoo originating in the slave trade, the islands, and New Orleans. And then Gabe manages to piss off Dr. John by just thrusting a crime scene photo in his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. John's like, what the, f- what are you doing? Get away from me. Yeah. Take that shit away. Get, get out of here. That has nothing to do with voodoo. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe is great. Um, uh, St. Louis Cemetery number one. Uh, so Dr. John talked a lot about Marie Laveau in his his little speech. So Gabe yes. goes to visit the grave of Marie Laveau, the former voodoo queen of New Orleans. And he copies down some symbols that he finds on her grave, this, which is probably a thing in the game. Um, yes. Now, I mean, Marie Laveau, they, like, I will say... 
as much as, you know, Jane Jensen tries very hard to make it clear, like, we're not blaming this on voodoo. Like, even in 1993, they're, like, making a point of, like, this is not voodoo. Voodoo didn't do this. We know that this is an actual cultural thing uh, that is important to people. And for that reason, the blocks of history that he gets uh, about voodoo at the Voodoo Museum, including Marie Laveau and stuff like that, is all pretty accurate from what I, from my brief research. Sure. Uh, but then we go to the graveyard and like, oh, but there are ancient runes scrolled on her. Ooh, on her, but, on her but, but maybe, it's, maybe it's voodoo. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, awesome. and that's, the, that's the thing that make, makes me a little bit uncomfortable with the book. It's like, it's not voodoo, but maybe it is. But, maybe, but we're still going to use the weird uh, 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 air of white people reacting to voodoo. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, we're gonna we're going to weaponize that uh, right. all the same. Yes, yes. Um, so he also sees uh, the Getty uh, tomb, um, and he realizes that he is a low class schmuck who should not have anything to do with Malia Getty. But he's going to try anyway, you know, just by looking right. at her family tomb. Um, yeah. So the other address, the, these are the only two locations in all of New Orleans that has anything to do with voodoo, by the way. Um, the other oh, yeah. address that he goes to um, is Dixieland Drugstore. Um, and he goes to the drugstore and begins pestering the owner, uh, Mr. Walker, about voodoo. And Mr. Walker's like, I don't know anything. And all the stuff that he sells that seems voodoo related are just curiosities. Right. Um uh, he again, Gabe thrusts a crime scene photo into a man's face without warning. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really fucked up. Um, again, uh, Walker is shocked by it and says, uh, mutters the words Cabris Sancor, uh, and then denies saying it. And then yeah. as he's leaving, as Gabe is leaving, a little old lady named Madame Casano comes in and buys some of the curiosities. And Gabe's like, hmm, I should find out more information about this random old woman. Um, yeah. And uh, Gabe then leaves and drives around furiously, uh, and he considers doing crime uh, and assaulting the two men that he just talked to. What the fuck was was this scene? What, what the fuck? It's he's like, like he's like, a, oh, I want to beat these men and be like, maybe I should kick these guys asses. Like, where is this coming from? What are you like, doing, Gabe? Right. Is this our is this our hero or not? Like, like it's it's it just. Yeah. 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 Outside of his horniness, nothing about him is consistent. <laughs> nothing. Nothing is consistent. So Gabe goes back to Jackson Square and he lays in the grass and he lets his adrenaline pump him up. And he's like, ah, this is why Grace is always on the move. She's, she's addicted to this adrenaline stuff. I'm like, I don't right, know if that's yeah. how it works, Gabe. Oh, um, Gabe. Okay. So there's an architecture student named Max nearby, and he's chasing a drawing of his uh, that has been caught in the wind. And Gabe tries catching it for him, but it gets stuck behind a fence that they can't reach. Uh, so Gabe then bribes a hot dog vendor with a coupon for stuff at the bookstore in return for two hot dogs, and then gives one of the hot dogs to a flexible boy who's doing tricks on the lawn. And then the flexible boy goes through the fence and gets the drawing of Max's 
and gives it to Gabe. And then Gabe gives the drawing to Max. And then Max agrees to look at the crime scene photos and recreate the... Fuck. Uh, <laughs> recreate <laughs> the images that have been smudged because, like, just try to reconstruct them. Yeah. The, that's the, the ones that are around the crime scene. Yeah. And Max yeah. is like, well, now that I don't have to redo my thing, I have time this evening, so I'll knock it out tonight. And Which, is, which once again, a super adventure point and click kind of thing. Like yeah. you can hear their voices saying it, uh, but in a book. You can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes, Gabe goes back to the police station and first he turns the air conditioning off. I don't understand why. Um, I mean, it helps him get what he wants what he wants, yeah. but there's no explanation as to why he understand he knows to turn the air conditioning off. Um, right. It's like he's just solving a puzzle that didn't need to be solved yet. Uh, right. <laughs> he's, he's solving, he's, he's getting ahead of the puzzle. Like if you're playing one of these games with a walkthrough guide and yeah. it's like, Hey, just, just before you even, before know you even do, do anything, thing, go yeah. ahead and yeah. Like that's pretty much what is novelized here. It's ridiculous. Um, so he, he then docks to Mosley, who mentions that they found evidence of leopard fibers at the crime scene. You're like, leopard? Like the leopard woman in the fibers. dream? Uh. Uh. Um, it starts getting hot in the office. Mosley goes to get Knight a cup of water. And while Mosley is doing that, Gabe steals his badge, which... Oh, you could go to fucking prison for that so that's, fast. That is, that's a, there's a lot there. Um, so uh -huh. he takes the badge and you, is this, is this being used to like get questions from like Mr. Walker or Dr. John, you know, the threat of police brutality? No, it's the threat of stalking by using the badge to get into Malia's house because that's where we're back, baby. We're back at Malia's yeah, house. Yeah. You remember and, how much you said you loved me? Like, oh boy, okay. He went to Malia's house and he goes to the butler and he's like, ha I have a badge now, butler. And the butler's like, I guess I have no other option than to ask if she wants to talk to you. And he's like, yeah. that's right. So you goddamn right, butler. You goddamn right, butler. So he, he goes into the library. She meets, she meets him in the library and, he begins asking her questions over the, under the cover of the case. And it's like, she sees right through him because he's like, right. what do you know about the case? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, well, oh. well, what does your husband know about the case then? I'm not married. Oh, very oh, well, um, yeah. Do you want to get dinner later? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, when we talk about the case, of course. Um, she's th she's uh, She sees through him. And she considers getting him arrested, but then lets him, like, just get out of there. Um, and we're back. It's the end of another day. And uh, back at the bookstore, Grace chides Gabe for giving the hot dog guy a coupon because she was the one who had to deal with it when they didn't have the books that the hot dog guy wanted. Um, and then <laughs> Gabe's like, oh, I'm sorry, Grace. Can you find me some information on Madame Casino? <laughs> Grace. <laughs> Why are you still here? I'm pretty sure that uh, somebody you could go literally anywhere with your yeah, th this. You deserve better than this. You Grace. deserve better than this. Grace. Um, <laughs> chapter three. We're still at St. George's books. 
Wolfgang yes. Ritter uh, uh, basically Gabe wakes up and uh, Wolfgang Ritter has called again. Ritter, I wonder if, have we heard that name before? Oh, I don't know. Ritter. Hmm. Ritter, Ritter. Um, also hmm. Mosley called, uh, we also find out that the book that Gabe was writing isn't even a true crime novel and wasn't about nope. Mosley. And she says, uh, she says, does, does Mosley know that he's a schmuck for believing you yet? Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause the book is about, an, question. Is about an orthodontist who gets caught up in the voodoo murders. Um, yep. and I was like, Oh yeah, Gabe, you are a fucking terrible author. Like you an ortho- are awful. You are awful. You are just the worst. Um, and Grace Gibbs gave multiple listings from multiple casinos. Um, so Gabe doesn't do anything with that right away. He goes to the police station because Mosley called. And uh, Mosley is interrogating some tweaker, uh, 20-year-old tweaker named Crash, who is afraid to talk to talk about anything related to the murders. Mosley puts him in lockup for the small amount of pot that he had on him. Um, and then Mosley yells at Gabe for stealing Which- his badge. What, real, real quick, yeah. totally, probably the most accurate part of this book. Like that's 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 some seriously fine <laughs> writing of police uh, uh, procedure. Like Pre- that's police overreach. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> beautifully done. I don't know if it was researched or not, but mm, a yeah. plus. Um. So, uh, yeah. Then Mosley yells at Gabe for stealing his badge, and that Mosley could have gotten fired. Uh, for. For, for that. Um, and then who would he get information from? Uh, and Gabe's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, Mosley will be fine in a few days. And he leaves. And yeah. he's like, Gabe just kind of goes through his life and fucks over people and is like hoping that he is going to be forgiven soon. He's the worst. Just he's the absolutely worst. Absolutely the worst. Uh, he's back at Jackson <laughs> Square, um, which is where he's meeting Max. And Max gives uh, Gabe the recreation of the crime scene pattern that he could figure out. And Max is also like, ah, this is giving me the creeps working on it. You told me that was in Haiti, right? And and Gabe's like, yep, this happened in Haiti. Uh, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> and then sure did. probably the most unhinged scene uh, of the entire book, which is saying a lot. Gabe <laughs> then sees a very hot fortune teller with a snake. He what says he can't afford to get his fortune read, so instead she starts belly dancing and catches the attention of all the guys in the park. Sure. This is yeah. what's happening in the book. She puts on a fake Hungarian accent, and then during the dance, her veil falls off. Gabe notices a scale on it, and using that scale, is able to confirm that the scale that he found at the other crime scene was indeed a snake scale. And he gives it back to the fortune teller. And the fortune teller is like, well, because you gave me my veil back, I'll give you a free fortune reading. And then she absolutely loses her mind and starts screaming about death and stuff. Um, and so that happens. <laughs> that was the most. And, it's and just the most unhinged. Like- <laughs> there is a lot of description about how hot this fortune teller is. In yes. this scene. Yes. In in your she's in it for like five pages. She it is it, it is it, a long scene. And God, uh, the entire sequence is she breasted boobily around the square. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know. I I I I I do know that Jane Jensen um 
wrote most recently, I think one of her most recent novels was actually male on male erotica. Okay. So there might be something to this. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Sure. It just takes all kinds, I guess. That's fine. That's, That's fine. I'm I, That's I, fine. I'm not judging that uh, at oh, all. No. I'm just. Oh, I'm no, just, not that. But like. I'm just saying uh, it's funny yeah. in this specific context. She might. She just might have like a a, a certain mentality for for dudes being bros. Uh, that sure. maybe that maybe uh, we somehow lack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Gabe goes back to the bookstore and begins calling the numbers that Grace gave him. Um, and he finds the one for the old woman, but doesn't get her address out, get the address out of her. Uh, but knowing that she has a dog, he cross-references the local dog groomers and calls one of them, pretending to be her nephew, and cons the address out of the dog groomer. And then, after getting the address, he stops to look at the poetry book that he got from his grandmother's house. There's a poem in the first page that stops him. It's in German. He gives the poem to Grace to figure out because she's the only one actually doing anything. She tells him that in symbolic terms, uh, the the first two words are dry drachen and it's three dragons. Uh, but in symbolism, dragons and snakes basically mean the same thing. Um, right. So she's like, well, it's, you know, dragon, snake. It, it's it's the same, same deal. Um uh, he so Gabe is like, ah, I'm gonna go to check something else out. And he's like, ah, there's a lecture over at Tulane that I gotta check out on on voodoo. So he goes to Tulane University. Um, oh, not about voodoo, about voodoo, um, which is yes. the original, like kind of the progenitor of uh, of yeah. voodoo, so to speak. I don't know enough about the two of them to speak authoritatively on their relationship. I knew, know that there's some sort of relationship between the two of them, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if I, if, if, again, my brief research is is accurate, and it might not be, I think, like, Voudon is kind of, like, larger, broader, more general aspect of the, the mysticism uh, that Yeah, it's like from. there's Voudon, and then uh, uh, Voodoo is basically Catholicism plus Voudon, Equals voodoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the idea. It's fascinating. I, I mean, it really is a fascinating topic, like because they really do just kind of absorb all of these uh, these different. They, like where wherever there's a new religion, they're like, yeah, sure, you're a part of us now, right? Um, which the Catholic Church has been doing for hundreds of years. So why not other religions? Why not exactly? So uh, that was kind of it was kind of like a merging, so to speak. Um, yeah, he yeah. Uh, so he goes and he. He, there's a lot of information, like a historical encyclopedic information uh, in this scene. Uh, Gabe falls asleep uh, while he's yeah. in the lecture. Um, he has a brief dream. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Our hero. <laughs> uh, he wakes up and he goes to the professor's office that was giving the lecture. And the professor agrees to... The professor is somehow even more of a jerk than Gabriel Knight. Um, yeah. The professor agrees to look at the crime scene photos and is startled by what he sees. Uh, from everything he knows, human sacrifice is theoretically possible, but there's acknowledgement and pleading built into the ceremonies to stop it. And then he recites some information from a Haitian ceremony where basically they're like, the the because it has a lot to do with the Loa and, and you know, I'm forgetting 
some of the details. So apologies to anyone who uh, may may be a practitioner or follower of these beliefs. Uh, but at, in the book, uh, there is some uh, built-in stopgaps for her. <laughs> yeah. For, Human sacrifice isn't supposed to happen. It's that's not, not supposed to happen. And basically the professor's it, yeah. like, in in most particular, it's never going to get that far. And even in the so-called black voodoo, like the dark, which has the darker elements, they never even get that far. And that's supposed to be the, 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 you know, the darker of the three prequel movies, you know, that's, um, it's, (laughs) uh, the, the farthest they get is possibly just like, like grave robbing. Um, right. Yeah. So the professor's like, yeah, no, that's, it's not a thing. And it's so it's another character. And here's the thing. Here's the thing I start ha- having a little bit of an issue with mm. is like if you have to s- protest so much that this is not voodoo. Yeah. Why even write a goddamn like why write the story to, to begin with? You know, it, it, it's like because, you yeah. know, you're you are. Oh, you are right on that goddamn line of being super insensitive to an entire and, and that's, diaspora's uh, belief system. And yeah, yet. And, and that's, <laughs> it, that's what I meant earlier, where it's like, yeah, it's like we're real quick to be like, no, the, remember, this isn't voodoo, but isn't it still kind of spooky? Like, it, you're you're trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Yes. Uh, with this one, you know, you're couching your adventure in uh, the you know, white interpretations of this, uh, spiritual, you know, mysticism, uh, uh, while, you know, while waving with the other hand, but, but that's not how it goes. It's like, you're taking, you're exploiting it, but, but trying to cover your ass. Uh, so you protect yeah, yourself. I a, think that was you know, what it was, what I, why it was like, I'm feeling there's a vibe here. I'm just not digging with the way yeah. this book is handling any of, of these, these issues. Um, like, I don't know. I feel, and I feel like the, our protagonist is possibly the worst possible person to be seeing (laughs) this particular story through, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because he is absolutely exploitative. He is absolutely taking advantage of these people and he absolutely only gives a shit about himself. There's no question about that. So yeah. 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 So hero. Uh, Gabriel leaves a photocopy of Max's recreation with the professor. And then he goes off to Madame Cosno's. Um, and before he gets there, he has a weird interaction with some potentially underage girls outside of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Madame's, where basically they call him, uh, one of the girls says to another girl, like, ew, he could be your father. And he's like, Father? And he just from this he decides to dress up as a priest. So he goes to yeah, the local that's church, right. yeah. steals some vestments, and uh, then gets some, uh, put some, you know, uh, some dapper Dan in his hair to slick it back, yeah. um, as a priest <laughs> would. Um, and then throw. Oh, but there is a there is a good line in here where he says he steals the stuff from the uh, the church. And he's like, you know, with the church's uh, uh, with the church's involvement in world history, they owe uh, everybody a favor or two. 
Um, good line. It's, it's a good, good line. line. That's why he's like, <laughs> I don't feel bad about stealing shit out of a church. <laughs> yep. It's a good line. Um, Credit where credits do. <laughs> so, uh, it, so it's a good one. And so he puts on an Irish accent question mark. Yeah. And he's unnecessary. He he even seems to not understand fully why he's doing this. He's like, are aren't priests uh, Irish? I aren't don't know. Priests Irish? I don't know. Uh, and then she answers, he's like, top of the morning to you, lassie. Yeah, he goes <laughs> fully fucking uh, Jacksepticeye on her. Jack like, it's <laughs> top of the morning to you, turty, turty, turty. <laughs> My God. So um, she's like, uh, so they're talking and at one point she won't talk any further about, you know, the, the subject and she says something, uh, and I don't know French at all, uh, but she says something like, c'est pour, c'est, c'est qui, uh, savant, c'est pour, c'est qui savant or something like that. Basically it's, that's for the Creole to know, um, which is like, or as Gabriel puts it, it's like a, it's like a fuck off. Like, you know, like it's for me to know and you to find out. It's it's for, it's for us to know and you to not know. Um, that's for the, that's for the Creole to know. Uh, you're not Creole too bad. Um, fuck off. Fuck off. Um, and then, and then Gabriel says, does it have anything to do with Cabri Sancor? And she's like, Oh, so you know, and then she starts spilling her guts again. Yeah. There's a lot of okay. dis- description in this scene about how old Madame Casano is and how gross she is. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. He's like, ah, no. her breath, her breath smells like fish, and all that. And it's like, come well, on, look, man. Kevin, everyone knows that old people are gross. I mean, it's it's just it's understood at this point. It's understood at this point. And here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, we're on day three uh, of hanging out with Gabriel. He hasn't even fucking changed his clothes from what I can tell. Um, right. <laughs> or showered, you know? I mean, I think the guy oh, yeah. is, he's, and I think he's running on a single hot dog in three days. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a mess. It's a he's mess. Fucking mess. Um, Which I knew guys like this uh, in, 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 uh, when I, and during our time in, in Savannah, which yeah. is kind of like New Orleans Junior. Right. Uh, hell, I was this guy at certain points in my life in Savannah. <laughs> uh, but like, so the idea of living on nothing uh, but a single hot dog over the course of a few days, it does hold up. But they're leaving out all the booze that you're you're also consuming <laughs> to get your caloric content. Uh, which feels inauthentic to me because that's the thing. That's the one thing. Gabriel Knight should be hammered or painfully hungover. This at guy all times during this book. is written like an alcoholic who Absolutely is not drunk is. at all in a single scene yet. Never, never. There were so many opportunities. Um, so she talks about her grandmother and how her grandmother was involved in the voodoo rituals, um, as like a white woman who was just kind of there, um, and involved with it. Uh, they're fine. (laughs) And that there's, but there's also a real voodoo queen 
by the way. Marie Laveau was never the voodoo queen. There's a real one out there. And she's been alive. Oh. She's alive to this day. Um, and there's some real dark stuff out there. And this is the whole fucking thing about like, oh, voodoo, like that's fake voodoo. And that's the real voodoo. Like 1997, yeah. this is when that book was written. The game was 1993. It's all just, you wouldn't even, you couldn't even start this goddamn book today oh, without feeling great. like, without feeling like a massive piece of shit. Um, it ain't great. Yeah. <laughs> so she shows him a bracelet that she feels might be evil and uh, can't be let out of her apartment. Uh, Gabe says he's going to bless it. He goes to get some holy water, but instead he goes to get some clay and then he forms, uh, while he's blessing it, she has her eyes closed or whatever and praying. And he, like, makes a mold of the bracelet. Why? I don't fucking know. Yep. Why he has the foresight any... to, have a, to make a mold of a bracelet. Um, once again, once again, it's like this. It's this solving thing a problem like, before. Yeah. That you don't even know you have. So, uh, yeah. So. Now we're back at St. George's Bookshop. Um, and Bruno is there, and he is a very gay stereotype man. Very he's he's a he's gay, but, he's a gay, and he's but a But Kevin, don't worry about it though, because they point out he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, and then follows oh. up by saying he's like a sassy bitch or something like that. Yeah, um good, fine. Fine, whatever. Uh, honestly, Gabriel deserves like I I I I really wish Bruno comes in there every day, giving him two oh, two buckshots full of sass. Um, absolutely, I hope double barreled sass makes his life. I hope he miserable. obliterates Gabriel every day. It just makes Gabriel every feel day. like a, a an absolute loser every day. I'm on yeah. Bruno's side. Actually, where's yeah, the Bruno he, book? Yeah, yeah. Where's Bruno's book? I, I hope I hope Bruno Oscar Wilde's all over his ass, like on a very regular basis. That's all there is to it. Oh, so Bruno's like, hey, can I buy this painting that your dad made? And there's it has like a skull with three snakes on it. And Bruno's like, it's cool. And he's like, I'll pay 75. And Gabriel's like, a hundred. And Bruno's like, yeah, sold. All right. And Grace is like, yeah. what what are you doing? Like you just sold one of your dad's paintings, like it was nothing. And Gabe's like shrugs. Um, so yeah. Gabe goes back to the drugstore um, and he buys the gator mask from Willie Walker, which we was mentioned in an earlier scene. And I didn't write it down then because I didn't realize that the gator mask was necessary. And I still don't know why the gator mask is necessary. But we he buys. He found out. He spends a hundred dollars on it. This is a man who he hasn't doesn't, he paid doesn't Grace. Yeah. He hasn't paid his bookstore manager in a month. Yeah. And he goes and he spends a hundred dollars on a goddamn paper mache and I think gator skin gator yeah. mask or something like that. Yeah. It's not even like an a taxidermied gator. It's so so he's anyway. Just, he's just employer of the year. Employer uh, of the year is yeah, he's doing uh, great. I also I also mentioned forgot to mention Grace gives Gabe the translation of the poem. Um, yep. So uh, Walker also throws in a bottle of Lady Luck gambling oil to. Oh to sure, go with it. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, 
so while driving around, Gabe realizes the thing that bothers him about the bracelet that Casno had was that it only had two snakes on it instead of three. That's what bothered him. That's what's bothering him, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. So of he course. goes back to his grandmother's house. Um, and back at his grandmother's house, he finds a clock with a dragon on it. And he, he sets the time. There's like a, it's a, like a Resident Evil fucking puzzle in the middle of this book. Um, it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> He sets the he sets the time on it to three, and it opens a secret compartment inside, which is a picture of three men. And on the on the back, it's a it's uh, addressed to uh, Heinz Ritter, and he realizes that Heinz Ritter was his grandfather's German name, and his his grandfather's name was Harrison Knight, but originally he was Heinz Ritter. And then dun dun dun. The Wolfgang Ritter, who's been calling incessantly, must be actually related because there we go. Um, yeah. And then he, he prods his grandmother for any more information on, on Harrison slash Heinz's German family. And her grandmother's like, I don't know. He wouldn't talk about it. Like, what do you <laughs> want me to say? What do you want from me? <laughs> it's like I did. He didn't want to talk about him and I didn't pry because, you know what? I was loving and respectful wife. Meanwhile, you're a piece <laughs> of shit grandson. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's your <laughs> what, excuse. It's your excuse. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. He goes to Malia's house again. <laughs> God. <laughs> Gabe goes to Malia's house again, and the butler's like, she's not at home. She's at the cemetery. I don't know why the butler even volunteers any information to... Yeah. To him. Why did he say anything? Like, he, he was like, he's like, she's not here. She's at the cemetery. It's like, well, why did you fucking say that? Like, why did you even offer you know that where information? Gabe, you know where, where Mr. Knight's heading next? Um, the CBS. No, he's, he's, sorry, you got it wrong. Oh, he's going to oh. St. Louis Cemetery number one. And oh, so I was right in front of my face stupid yeah stupid. he's gonna he's gonna stalk malia for a little bit and <laughs> yeah, you gotta have hobbies some light stalking you know you gotta have hobbies and then yeah why not <laughs> um they run she runs into him she's like why don't you leave me alone and he's like you can't just stay there and say that that there's nothing between us and she's like there is something between us and i'm like when 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 other and, than uh, you being like, she's hot. And she's like, like, but I don't have time to pursue it. I'm a busy woman. And he's like, ah, and she's like, ah, and she leaves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the scene. So <laughs> down on his luck, uh, Gabriel finally goes to a bar, um, which right. seems like out of, it seems like he should have been there to, to begin with. Um, it goes to the bar he frequents, the Napoleon house, and uh, there's two people playing chess uh, nearby, uh, Sam and Marcus, and they've been playing chess against each other for 10 years, and Sam has never won a game. Uh, Sam is also a jeweler, um, so Marcus is a real piece of shit about constantly beating Sam, but Sam's like, oh, I'm fine with it, you know, I he... I only need to win once and I've ruined his life. Yes. And I'm like, yes. yeah, I agree. You probably, that's actually, um, th that is pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm chill. You know, one of these days I'm going to win and it's, he's probably going to, you know, 
leave and never come back. Um, Gabe, Gabe gives Sam the gambling oil that Mr. Walker threw in with his purchase of a hundred dollar gator mask. And, uh, so Sam takes the gambling oil and Sam wins the very next game. And the whole place goes nuts and drinks are happening. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Mickey Rourke playing, Bukowski, it's my friends. Yeah. Oh, my friends. my friends. Oh, my friends. Oh, my friends. This is oh, Gabe. Oh, my friends. Oh, my friends. Hey. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the thing about Gabe. It's like normally with a with a, a writer character, you can kind of pick up on what the guy's influences are. And I was like, has Gabe ever read a book in his life? I'm not sure he has. I think he might think, I think he thinks he invented writing. Uh, yes. like it's like, no one's ever done this before. Why would I research it? I own a bookstore and uh, I don't read. So, yeah. So after the, all my friends die down, uh, <laughs> he's Sam's like, ah, what do you, you, you made my, my life. You're my knights. What do you need from me? And, and he's like, Gabe's like funny. I have a mold of a bracelet. I'm not sure why yet. I have a mold of a bracelet. Can you make it into a bracelet for me? And he's like, sure. What do you want? Gold, silver? And he's like, yeah, something that looks like silver, I guess. And he's like, yeah, well, then it will be silver. And he's like, okay. And Okey doke. Sam is going to, you know, give him a silver bracelet that probably costs a lot more than he deserves to get. Uh, oh, big time. <laughs> Big time. But once so, again, it is the most adventure game thing. Most adventure game thing you could do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're back. We're back to St. George's Bookshop. We're back at the bookshop, baby. 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 Uh, Grace is in a better mood uh, than before and has left him some Chinese food to eat. Um, he also gives her mass, Max's reconstruction of the the symbols and asks her to look into it. So now it's her and the professor are looking into it. And as Grace is leaving the bookshop, Malia shows up and asks for Gabe and Grace says, uh, he's gone for the night, but then Gabe shows up and pulls her inside and locks the door. And that's the end of chapter three. And the end of our section for tonight. <laughs> Good Lord. And if you're wondering, I am not even going to cliffhanger you guys. Yes, they do bone in the first paragraph of chapter four. Just so you're aware Sweet. of where this is going. <laughs> Bonin. Bonin with Gabriel Knight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I don't understand the draw, but I haven't understood the draw of a lot of men that I've seen women sleep with. So, but enough about my love life. Didn't. <laughs> uh, I knew that this one was going to be, this is, this is a 400 page book and most of our books max out at about three. Um, I was intrigued enough. And this was, this is not one that you hear a lot about to choose it. Um, and it's amazing how little is done in such a long chunk. This is about 140 pages, uh, almost 150 that we went through. And, it's like 
it's showing you how the sausage is made in a way that I can't imagine any reader actually giving a shit about. Yeah. 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 I don't give a shit. But I have to. Yeah. Because it's it's my job. Right. Because <laughs> it's my job. No, I think I, I told you this earlier and I, I, I stand by it. Uh I think I do think it's uh it's valuable that we are reading this so soon after the King's Quest book. Because they come from the same genre. Hell, they come from the same publisher. Um, but I think we're this is on the exact opposite end of the spectrum from the King's Quest uh, book in the sense that the King's Quest book focused so much on details that did not matter, uh, did not give you any of that flavor of adventure game-ness that you expected, whereas this sticks to it so closely that the book is bloated Mm. and intensely dull like i'm sure it, it I, it's fun to do these puzzles and stuff like you said earlier it's fun to figure it out and you clap yourself on the back a little bit to read about it it's just kind of like you're just scratching your head half the time like why why is he doing that like yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's not necessary it's not needed it's not needed um yeah yeah i have zero additional thoughts other than <laughs> Howdy, stranger. What are you playing? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I finished two games uh, oh. since we talked last. I finished the Shining Force Game Gear game. Fantastic. Uh, that it was playing. And that was just a wonderful little, I think, because I, you know, dusted off my old 3DS and I've been playing it while me and the wife have been watching movies and shit. And I think I have to get a Steam Deck now. I think yes. I've ruined my own life. Like, cause I'm like, oh, I could just be playing like any number of my Steam games just instead of like these old retro games on my 3DS or something. Right. Um, so that's that's what I took from that uh, ancient game. Uh, and and I beat Soma. Oh. Uh, Did you were you playing was, it because of uh, because Cat's video on it or I played I played it afterwards. I'd never it was one of those games again, it was on my list of games I ought to play. I like yeah. uh, frictional games. Sure. I really enjoyed Amnesia. Uh, this was a it's I think this is their masterpiece. I think that it's it's the best game they ever released. Uh, it's so I don't give a shit about the old Philip K. Dick. Uh, what is a man? What is a human? What does it mean sure. to be? Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's not that it's a bad subject. It's just been so done into the ground that there's very rarely a moment that I'm interested. Sure. Um, this managed to rejuvenate that. It, it is a very interesting and unique and bleak uh, take on it. And uh, super fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, it's awesome. uh, yeah. and then finally... Uh, thanks to your generous ass, I started playing Resident Evil 4. Stranger. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I'm super glad I'm playing it, too, because I, we were talking about this in an episode earlier where I said, uh, I just played this game for the first time last year. Do you think, is it worth it to play this remake? It's totally worth it because, um, now I understand that for a lot of people who played this back when it was relatively new and stuff, it's like a classic and and there are certain changes that maybe they wouldn't want to have messed with. But I have found that all of the changes so far, I'm only into like four or five chapters, um, are good for me because one of the things that kept taking me out of the original, for example, were the controls. I hated the controls. 
and it really messed with. I never quite got the hang of them, and um, and 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 now that they are kind of unifying all the controls with these remasters, yeah, uh, I'm able to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the aesthetic, they're they're clearly trying to take the aesthetic in the more of the. Uh, village uh, Resident Evil 7 yeah Grimdark it kind of fits fits into the remakes and and the new games yeah. you know yeah it doesn't have quite the camp uh, of, sure. the, of the original um, but I don't mind that all that much I was right. I'm not a huge camp guy so but yeah that's I, I've been, it's been a very good week uh, for me for, for video games very good stuff nice. uh, what about you what are you the, playing the only thing I've been playing is Resident Evil 4 um, and yeah. I've I've already so I've beaten it once um, mm-hmm. and I'm doing my second playthrough right now. I'm saving up to buy the infinite rocket launcher, which ah, that's a Resident Evil staple. That is a Resident <laughs> Evil staple right there. Just get, get yourself an infinite rocket launcher. Um, I also need to, I haven't, and I haven't looked into it yet. I know, I, I think the Chicago typewriter is in the game and I haven't looked, I haven't looked up the unlock conditions for it quite yet, but I, I can't wait to get my hands on the Chicago typewriter and throw Leon in the in the 1930s gangster outfit and just, you know, blow up some, <laughs> shoot some ganados, you know. <laughs> that's where the camp went. Like, yes. like that's where they, 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 the camp in Resident Evil, uh, the, the most recent Resident Evil seems to be in the DLC. <laughs> yes, it's on the, it's on the second playthroughs. It's in the DLC. Yeah. It's things, it's things like that, as opposed to yeah. like in the first playthrough, they kind of added in, they added in later. So you'd be like, yeah, you could have Ashley wearing a, running around in a suit of armor and, right. yeah. you know, uh, Leon, there's there's uh, options. There's like these options where you can have Ashley and Leon dressed as like these like Anne Rice looking vampires. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. I saw that. It's ridiculous. They they call it romantic or whatever. Romantic. It is. It's, it's like, amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, it's crazy. But yeah, uh, I love it. I love it so far. Um, uh, Leon is still, you know, this it, Leon is pretty much the same character. He's like quippy and yeah. and has the one liners. Hey, where's everyone going? Bingo. Um, you know, stuff right. like <laughs> stuff like that. Um, uh, but the biggest benefits of the of the remake that I saw are um, Ashley is a much better character now than she was in the original. Um, she's a extremely she's one of those characters where it's like if you're gonna have escort missions you have to make it make the player want to actually keep the character safe um aside from like having it be a mission like mission critical thing so and one of the things i think the remake did very well is that oh you actually like ashley in the remake she's like she's less of a kind of like a spoiled kid and more of like she's She's funny. She has some good lines in there, and she's really sweet and nice to Leon for like. Oh, that's good. Um, and Luis, it was, was hystericals when we first saw the remake version of Luis. You we were like, ah, oh, he looks kind of like a creeper. Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but as his plotline, he is he because he's like one of the most sympathetic recent Resident Evil characters. I've ever seen. Um, and so wow. I really like, I really like the, the reimagining of Luis. Um, overall though, it's, it's great. Um, uh, and you know, I'm probably going to play it through 
a bunch of times, get all my, you know, get as many unlocks as I can. Because that's, the, that's, the, yeah. that's the fun of um, of it is is that kind of thing. Um, so I imagine that they're probably, I don't, they don't have mercenaries in there right now, from what I can tell. Editor Kevin here with just a quick update. Mercenaries mode was released not long after the recording of this episode. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a lot of fun. Awesome. And it's probably going to be the thing I'm playing mostly. I actually, I bought, um, I went back. So there's two, there's three relatively big uh, Resident Evil games that I never played, which were Zero um, mm-hmm. and then Revelations 1 and 2. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And Revelations yeah. is the, that's kind of like, Revelations was like the game that Jill was kind of like shunted off into. That's why you really don't play as Jill after <laughs> Resident Evil 3 is like... I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, they're like not the best and they're not very super... They're a lot more action, like, you know, action-y, like shoot 'em up type games with light Resident Evil-ness to them. Uh, they're, right. I think they're designed to be a lot, played a lot faster um, than a typical Resident Evil game. Um but yeah, so uh, that's that's it's. I'm all I'm on Resident Evil Overload, baby. You're f- fully Resident Evil, yeah. Full, full, that's awesome. Fully residented, uh, warming up <laughs> for he's res pilled. The, the I'm res pilled, warming up for our 100th anniversary, 100th anniversary, 100th episode 100th coming up soon. Episode. Like really soon, really Holy soon shit. as of this episode. Uh, actually, I think after we finish this series, it's, we'll be, it's after we're done with this book. After be, we're done with this book, we'll be our hundredth episode, oh, wow. and we're going to be wow. back in back in SD Perry Resident Evil Land. So look out Hallelujah. for that. <laughs> Hallelujah! Uh, that'll do it for tonight's episode, though. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, leave us a five star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, go over to our. Uh, YouTube page and subscribe. Uh, we've been getting some subscribers there. Um, if yeah. you want to see us when we're talking, that's an option over there. Um, and follow us on Twitter. I left Twitter. That I, I you I, did. I, I left Twitter, and I, I got. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I left Twitter. I left Instagram. I was like, I'm done. Um, and you, I just, it's been. A, I mean, you've been gone from Facebook for a while. So I've been gone like, for Facebook for a while. I had like a. I had like a. I had a Facebook account that kind of sat that. Right. The I was. I mean, I was friends with you on it, but I had like. Right. I had no information on there, and I literally only had it to manage some pages. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then I was like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> so no. I, I bounced off of social media just because I, I didn't want to be there. But we still have our Pixelit, Good for you. Uh, Pixelit social media. Please go follow the Pixelit pod, uh, I, Twitter and Instagram if you are so inclined. I don't anymore, but you can. <laughs> and I still make sure Kevin sees it if it's good. So. Yeah, he'll, he'll send it to me if it's good. Um, yeah. uh, go to our website, pixelitpod.com. Sign up for our newsletter occasionally. You get an episode early when I have them edited early. Um, and uh, you can download the transcripts of our episodes there. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. And have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.